Hi guys, I'm Jo Croft. You are listening to the Puppy Coach Podcast. Join me as I share my top tips, thoughts and experiences from my career as a vet nurse and canine behaviour specialist, helping owners form a strong, safe relationship with their dog. Hi guys, thank you for joining us today. So on today's podcast, I'm going to be chatting to Lara Truin, who is an experienced trail runner, passionate about getting people outdoors and enjoying what they have on their doorstep. Lara adopted Tilly, a German short-haired pointer from Spain, and it was clear that Tilly's high prey drive wouldn't allow her to be free running alongside Lara, especially along the coastal paths so close to home. Lara found that Canicross allowed them both the freedom to explore the trails, coast and moorland near them with no limits and no stressful situations. Tilly proved to be a complete natural at Canicross and the two of them hit the trails and coast paths regularly. It also encouraged a unique bond between them and they've gone on to do a variety of events together from 5Ks right through to marathons. Tilly even participated in Lara's first ultra, taking part in 18 miles of the 32 mile event. So let's get cracking and um, start chatting with Lara about Canicross. So Lara, I guess, first of all, I'll just let the listeners know how you and I met. So essentially, I got into Canicross a couple of years ago, just doing it by myself, really, and then did a couple of events and found this amazing social media world of Canicross stumbled across DogFit, which you're heavily involved in. Um, and it's kind of led from there. We've liked each other's posts and stuff, which I really like in, in what can potentially be quite a negative world with dogs that I'm in on a professional level it it was really nice to to become involved with Canny Cross and then obviously subsequently to that I've helped you out with Tilly haven't I your your little rescue dog so I guess it'd be nice to kind of explore Tilly as a case and how Canny Cross has helped you um with her or her come on as well and become more confident and your journey into Canny Cross around that Thank you. Yeah, it's great to be here, um, Joe, and thank you for all your podcasts so far. I'm loving it. Um, So basically, Tilly came to me um, from Spain as an 18-month-old GSP cross. Um, She'd been in a pound all of her life, a Spanish pound all of her life. She was born there um, with her mother and her sister. And basically, she'd had a really rough deal, to be fair. Um, I didn't really know quite what I was getting into when I adopted her. Obviously, I hadn't seen her. I'd seen a photograph of her, saw her eyes and thought, right, she's my girl. So I I was generally looking for a dog who I could run the trails with. I was a passionate trail runner anyway. I live in North Cornwall, so we've got stunning trails here. And I just wanted a run companion, really. And I thought if I can get an adult dog who can run straight away with me and I can build them up. So she fitted Phil, really. GSP endurance dog and what I what I got when I saw the truck I, I pulled into Taunton where, where I picked her up from she was in the back of a truck there were about 20 odd dogs in crates that had oh. done a 48 hour journey across from Spain and there was this girl and I sobbed sobbed and sobbed when I met her she was just the shell of a of a dog I mean I'm, I'm not used to to that um and she just, we had to carry her into my car. She just lay down for the whole hour and a half journey. I didn't hear a peep. So got her home. And yeah, she was, she's pretty much shut down. She was a shut down dog. Couldn't look any of us in the eye. I thought, right, <laughs> this is going to be tricky. Yeah. So it took about a week and she started to come around. And she was really quite happy and playful. Wasn't looking us in the eye. Was really quite worried. And I thought, do you know what? I'm just going to do what I do naturally. And my love of running, I'll take her out with me and just see how we get on. Um, I had a really, really cheap waist belt from Amazon. Really not a great harness for her, but actually anything was better than just not trying. We went out and she was amazing. She was just a natural. I think initially she wanted to run away, to be fair. (laughs) And I just... Because we were both enjoying it together and I was, she was learning to trust me. The more we were doing this, I, w- I was building her up gradually. So this wasn't something, I wouldn't go for an eight mile run with her initially. We were just building up really gradually, nice and steady. There was no muscle on her. So I really had to build up her muscle. And yeah, the bonding really happened then. This was the biggest part for me was the bonding part with Annie Cross. Yeah. 
But I've still, as you know, Joe, I've still got a very nervous, anxious dog. She's amazing when she's can crossing because she's doing a job which is perfect for her because that's that takes her mind off her anxieties and her nervousness. But I still have the underlying nervousness of Tilly, who wasn't socialized from a pup, yeah. came to me at 18 months old, very, very shut down dog. But Canny Cross was my absolute salvation at the time. I couldn't let her off the lead. She'd have bolted, huge prey drive. And I, it was the safest way for me to exercise her and for me to build that bond with her that I needed to do. Yeah. I think that's the thing, you know, I, I think the shutdown mechanism that you describe is is mental bits, brain damage, essentially, it's chemical brain damage. And what you find with Canicross is, I guess, the endurance element of Canicross has the same effect as somebody going to the gym or going to a, for a run or whatever, in that it, it builds that endorphin buzz, it gives a dopamine serotonin hit as well. So it's almost like what you did was a very natural form of healing in the, in the form of using endurance-based exercise to, to achieve that, which is amazing because what you could have done, which is what a lot of people would do, and, and it's a really interesting thing to, to hear this from you, is, is to go to the vets. And obviously the, there are chemical ways of doing that with you know, neuromodulatory drugs and you know, those, those inhibitors that dogs are commonly put on when they come over from rescue when they're in that dorsal vagal state. So it's actually really nice to hear that you made progress with something that's quite simplistic and is, is actually normal. You know, it's, it's what the dog would do to cope. They fight or flight. That flight action or that hunting act activity gives that brain its purpose, gives that brain its chemical buzz. So it was a great start point for you. So just rewind a little bit. So what was happening in the home? So obviously that provided the basis for your relationship. Mm. outdoors and allowed that bonding but they're a really busy sharp working breed so in the house how did that translate did she come back and and was exhausted or or were you having issues there to begin with um she was pretty exhausted because at that point we were still building her muscle and she was you know she had very little endurance because she hadn't been doing this for very long but actually um she then started to she was she was just really really nervous still in the home and to a point she still is now I know I'm, I'm working with you on it currently aren't I yeah absolutely. and we're doing some great stuff with her and building her confidence and I think that's what I was finding that canny cross gave her confidence outside and and it was all good when we were canny crossing but there were other elements to her that I needed to work on and canny cross is one part of her healing if you like um and it's an I think it's an ongoing process with her we were certainly finding she slightly regressed in the home a bit when we were having visitors and things like that you know but the the endorphin high of the exercise for her was was just the hit she needed and of course because I was seeing the results and because I enjoy it of course we were doing it more so we were ending up being out there quite a few times a week just because I knew it was helping us both to bond. You know, she's reactive. She can be very reactive to other dogs. She She's getting far better at people visiting the home because of what we've put into place with conditioning and things through the training you've given me with bed control. She's very, very attached to me. Yeah. So she's quite protective. Um, and that's something that I'm working on now is making sure that she has space away from me and that yeah. we have time out from each other because... We were, we have been pretty, we are a partnership. She, she helps me run my business, basically. So we run a business together and, you know, you can't be with each other 24 seven. It's not healthy. And I'm realizing that now through the work I'm doing with you, that we need to have some time out. She needs her bed control. She needs to feel safe where she can um, lie down. She's coming up for six too. So we're looking at a slightly older dog, middle-aged dog, hopefully. Yeah, so putting things in place to to keep her happy for many more years, hopefully. Reactivity is such a huge thing, particularly post-pandemic. And I know in my work, it's pretty much predominantly what I'm seeing most of the time. And and people will be listening out for solutions. So I'll just touch on what we've really done, because I think the most important thing for me 
when working with you was to build this picture of what are we trying to do with regards offering really support and what does a rehab program look like so I kind of describe it very much like a jigsaw puzzle and if if you're looking at just that one focused element of Candy Cross you've got quite a lot going on there in the relationship so you've got uh, elements of leadership because even though she's sitting out front on the harness you are going to be making decisions whether you're going left right forwards backwards or whatever so you've got that proactive guidance directional guidance she's got the physical sensory touch of being attached to you and you're a moving force so you're a predictable moving force going with her so that offers her a physical sense of sensory security so she can actually feel that it's a consistent pace so chemically in her head you're dealing with a kind of an internal response as well you're Mm -hmm. forming a habit and forming new positive learned behavior so if you on your checklist while you're running go past 10 people and she doesn't react well you've just got 10 people in your bank that she hasn't reacted to so that's essentially that's building a new formed habit so in that one snapshot of time I could probably go on and list another few things but there are lots and lots of elements to that which when you walk through your front door you almost lose immediately so what I've tried to do in the house is almost recreate that subtle leadership whilst providing her a kind of predictable focus so giving her permission to go and lay down so rather than seeing we set her an area up didn't we we set her a a room up for her to go and to make it clear that you can ask her to defer and she's allowed to go away and she's allowed some space from you and understanding that no the dog doesn't necessarily enjoy being away from an owner but it is a necessary part of their learning to cope with any solitary time to cope with the erratic behavior that human beings have being in and out and letting guests in and out etc so we created that we also increased your leadership qualities through when and how you deliver your attention and when you invite her in where she's allowed to go in your home so although it might feel a little bit dictatorial it creates more predictability for her so she's got expectations that are being led by you so the way that you perceive your actions is really important because being bossy around the home telling your dog you can only go in certain areas and you can't do this and you can't do that people might perceive that as not being very nice but actually it's having the reverse impact on the dog because the dog can then very clearly understand where the limitations around the home lie everything becomes easy and their expectations are are met you can then make food really predictable so we've done some stuff with food and if food has value you can then use it in your training and we can then drag all that back outside when you're not running and start to uh, prep her with the same level of control in bite-sized chunks so I think the last time we spoke you were doing I'd set you up doing go to the end of your drive and come back home again just do short snippets of time for training alongside Mm -hmm. the endurance stuff so that's Mm -hmm. kind of where we were at for her reactivity I think last time we spoke how's that how's that been going Laura honestly Joe, she's a different dog oh amazing (laughs) she's absolutely brilliant I think because she has the the trust in me obviously through the years we've been working together through Canny Cross so it has become it's become a lot easier it is a lot easier she trusts me Obviously, we're very bonded. So I'm getting results so quickly because yeah. she's feeling safer. I'm, I'm actually using my canny cross commands when we're out. So yeah. I'm doing the on-on command when I don't want her to, when oh, there's brilliant. a and I don't want her to interact. Well, she won't, she won't want to interact. She's not a sociable girl. And I give her permission to carry on because half the time she was looking at me as if to say, because I was having her on the lead. I called her back on the lead, quick on the lead. Yeah, um, panic. Yeah. She was then face to face with the dog she didn't want to be face to face with. Yeah. And now I'm allowing her the choice through my command. Um, if the dog's looking like it's all good, we're, it's a good dog, it's not a jumpy dog. Um, I'm on 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 command, which is what I use in Canny Cross for her to just carry on. We're on yeah. the same track. Um, and it's working. Oh, <laughs> I'm really getting results. It's been absolutely amazing. And the whole you know bed setup that that in itself was a salvation for it it's almost like she was crying out for that she yeah it because she was so used to me um leading her through the trails and whilst we were working yeah and it was almost like why are you leaving me now why are you yeah. leaving me when we're at home tell yeah. me what to do and yeah it's been remarkable absolutely brilliant <laughs> oh it's amazing it's so nice to hear and you know and actually 
it, it's just a bit of proactive forward thinking. It's, it's quite simple, but when you're in it, you know, it's really, I mean, obviously I'm doing this day in and day out every day, so working dogs out. And I think it's also important to mention, we you're obviously in North Cornwall, I'm in Hertfordshire, so we've I've yeah. never actually met Tilly in person, have I? Um, no. So we've been, like, I've had to rely really heavily on what you're telling me and, and I know mm. what you know, and, you know, we've worked really well together, which is the dynamic between me and my clients is, make or break really a lot yeah. of the time and and I think that's worked um really well but that's yeah. a way better result than I even imagined um, well, in a I short space that, of time yeah what you were saying before about the leadership I do feel like she was crying out for me to tell her what to do that's mm. all she that's all she was doing you yeah. know and I, I feel like I've let her down for the last three years but um Actually, she's responded so well, and and she's almost looking at me as if to say, "Come on, then tell me what to do." She does need that from me, and she's like you say, she was used to me doing it on the trails. And suddenly, I leave her when we're in the home. Well, yeah. no, of course I shouldn't. I should be setting her up to know what to do in the home. My canicross training has definitely been helping as well because I've got the commands behind me. She follows my commands when she's off lead. Um, so yeah, I've got a much happier dog. Brilliant. I mean, it's so nice to hear. So. All right. Well, that's great news about Tilly. And, you know, there's no better learning curve than that. And I think from that, you'll be able to go on and help loads of other people as well, because you'll know what that takes. Come do my job now. <laughs> Come jump on with me and be the, be the dog's logic in puppy coach in North Cornwall. Um, so let's just revisit Cross as a whole. So, uh, uh, you know, I'm sure people that have tuned into a Cross podcast have probably got an idea what it's all about. But if I'm a newbie, just explain to me what I'm coming to you. What is this Canicross? I've never heard of it. Because look, actually, I mentioned it to pretty much all my clients. And I would say there's a huge percentage that look at me like, what are you talking about? I've never yeah. heard of this. What kind of sport is it? So, yeah. yeah, just kind of give me your overview of what is Canicross. Basically, it's the fast growing, very exciting sport of off-road running with your dog. Um, it originates from the sled dog sport world where they used to train the mushing dogs off season with running so or skijoring. Um, and that's that's how it originated. It's maintaining the fitness of the mushing dogs through the off season. So what that's turned into for Europeans and alike, I mean, it's, it's vastly growing across internationally, but it's trail running with your dog attached to you, working as a team. It's just been through lockdown from the dog, dog fit point of view. We were finding that more and more people were using, having to use their time yeah. to exercise their dogs and to exercise themselves. Yeah. It's basically a win-win situation. You're exercising yourself, you're exercising your dog, and it just makes perfect sense to me. Yeah. Uh, most breed of dogs can do it. You don't have to have a mushing-style dog or a husky or anything like that. I've um, worked with Welsh Terriers, Spaniels, German Shorthead Pointers, obviously, right through to Jack Russell Terriers, West Highland Terriers. So the small, large, it doesn't matter. You don't have to have a Eurohound to be running Canicross. It's, it's basically the sport of trail running with your dog. Yeah. I'm always really surprised, actually. So a good friend of mine is, is Lucy Charles Barkley, the pro triathlete. And yeah. um, I trained her little mini Jack, Lola. And as soon as she got her, I was like, Lucy, what are you doing? You need to get a proper big dog <laughs> you can go running with. Like, it will be fine. I was like, right, we will get her candy crossing. We'll see how she goes. Well, she's thin. She goes. She loves it. She's got the kit. That's what yeah. she does in off season is she'll, she'll take her out for a run and have her attached. And Lola is amazing. Lola, yeah. They're natural pullers, aren't they? So you stick yeah. a harness on them. They, they want to pull because that's they're designed to pull into a force. And yeah. this little dog, I mean, God. I have no idea how much Lola weighs, but probably no more than than five kilos tops, I would say, even wet. So, you know, there's literally nothing of her and she's obviously dragging Lucy quite happily, no problem. So, you know, you look around and I see all these things on social media and people have got tiny little dogs out. Chihuahuas like running out in front and little groups of border terriers and people have got seven or eight of them running out in front of them. Oh my god, yeah, border terriers are fantastic. Well, I, I was running with a terrier today, and my friend and I went out, and she's got little Meg, and she's absolutely tiny. Well, compared to Tilly, she is. Um, and she's a she's a horse. She's absolutely yeah. she's out front. She's straight. The line is tight, and she's on it. She's absolutely amazing. And 
very little training really because like you say the harness the canicross harness that's specific to the sport is designed for them to pull into so they actually yeah. pull straight into the harness that's not a big deal you, you might have to condition your dog to like having a harness over your neck yeah. over their neck and that's easy to solve through conditioning yeah um, and making it fun but yeah i mean this little terrier we did six miles today and wow. she was the whole way around and she gets so excited when the harness comes out it becomes there's such joy in it because not running for myself but I mean I'm taking my dog with me we I mean when I'm solo running with her I could be talking to her about what we're going to have breakfast (laughs) I mean it's just it's just a real joy because you are working as a team I'm telling her where we're going so left left right right carry on um she's enjoying the element of being part of the team. I know that the dogs do, they absolutely adore it. And when we're pack running, when we're in our canny cross sessions, our social sessions, yeah. dogs, you can see them. They're almost smiling. Well, they are, they're smiling. I call really it smiling. Because, you know, you can just see it. They're chasing each other down. Tilly definitely wants to be the leader all the time. Um, and she's got a bit of a, bit of a competitive jazz in the pack now. We've got a new dog into the pack and jazz is fast. So Tilly's having to try and keep up with Jazz. So we, we've got some fun sessions coming up in September when the season starts again. And I was just going to say, I, lo- I love that you talk about, you know, the two dogs racing and you kind of forget about the fact that you're actually attached. Yeah, no, it's like our legs are like Penelope Pitstop at the back. It's like, Don't worry about the humans, guys. Just you have a race together. But I, I can tell you I've become fitter because of her. It's also motivation. I mean, there's umpteen amount of times that I haven't wanted to go for a run Um, and she is there and she's looking and I'm thinking I haven't got time to walk and do a run so I get my harness out and we're off the minute we're off that's it it's just it's just motivation it's 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 making you go out with your dog enjoying a bit of quality time but she has got me more consistently running she got my training for my ultra you know, she's, yeah, I can't thank her enough, really, for just helping me become a fitter Lara and and in the, in the process, building a business. So what happy days. I know. And I, and I think that's a lot of short stuff and triathlon sprint distance and stuff. And actually the run element, I absolutely detested. It was, I found it southern swimmer. I'm not a runner. And then I just attached my dog. And it was like this whole new yeah. world running well, you know, I'm, I've been up and down a little bit the last couple of years, but yeah. I would never have dreamed I'd have been up running half marathons. And to have yes. him, you know, the longest one we've done together to date um, was 27 kilometres. And the yes. last two, I was almost on my knees and finished at the end of it. And I turned around to look at him and get his picture. But, but what have we done today? It's amazing. And he's like, yeah, are we going again? Am I having my harness? Know, back um, and that kind of brings me on to something that I just find massively interesting about dogs so from my vet nursing background I know that they're you know the best endurance athletes they're they're natural fat burners they don't have that horrible lactate threshold that we get where we get that horrible doms and muscle stiffness still certainly not to the extent that we get it telling you that actually if you don't slow down and stop you're probably going to die they don't have any of that um they are just I'm blown away by the resilience of the dog when I do this stuff with with Hogan I I don't know about you but I just you know my instinct was all about protect my dog oh my goodness you know how's he going to cope with this distance I'm don't worry about Hogan like it's me that's the cripple like every day of the week he is he is the one that's flying through the countryside you know up hills down hills no trouble whatsoever could literally go all day um, with regards to that, I mean, there obviously are limitations with that, and there are dogs that have ailments and things that you need to be considerate of. But I'm just me and my dog, who I know really well. But you're obviously in charge of groups of people through the canny cross classes. You've got people of all different abilities and dogs of all different abilities. So, how do you manage that dynamic? Do you get to know them all individually? I mean, if people are going to come to a class run by dog fit, um, mm-hmm. or let's go crack canny cross. What does that look like? Where do you know how to place these people? How do you look after the safety of the dog, etc.? Yeah. So firstly, most of the time they'll have a taster session with myself and many of the dog fit trainers do the same. 
Um, and we, first of all, we get them into the right kit because not, you know, very often people don't have the right kit or would like to know more about why they need the kit. The minute they try the kit on, because the cross waist belts for the humans do have leg straps and people very often say, oh God, no, not, not for me. Try it, put it on, run with their dog, think, oh my God, it's a game changer. It and it's never, <laughs> never, ever look back. I mean, don't ever put the waist belt on and try and run with your strong pulling dog. Your kidneys will be bruised forever. <laughs> I've been there. Um, so basically we, we do, we tend to do a taster session, but I also run couch to 5k sessions. Um, and that's where a lot of my progression has come through. So I, I start people off on a couch to 5k, very similar to the normal couch to 5k, but we've got our dogs to consider. So not only do the humans have to build up gradually, but if your dog has never run in harness before, it's a very different experience. It's not like free running. They are pulling into harness, different elements of their muscles are working. Their brain is working so much harder. Yeah. So you're, you have to train the dog to be able to deal with that too. So very often I'll take people through a Couch to 5K course with myself, um, six to seven week course. And very often, a lot of those people are the ones that come through and then progress to my social classes where we do between 5 and 10K. And many of my people, there's two ladies um, in particular that I can think of that are now, have been through my Couch to 5K, never run before, never run with their dog. Um, one of them is just about to do their first 10K race and one of them is about to do their first half marathon. I'm so proud of you. <laughs> yeah, you should be. That's amazing. And it's no mean feat running just like that. It really No, is. It, I mean, it hurts. just get your head around the mileage that you have to yeah. do. These ladies were literally not running previously. And wow. I mean, looking at the co-founder of DogFit, Janetta, she hated running. Um, the only reason she's running is because of Coco, her dog. And now yeah. she's, maybe, she's training for the London Marathon. You know, wow. <laughs> how's she going to do that without a dog? That's, that's well, I know. <laughs> this is this is where it's taken her. She she's gone a whole new journey into fitness, and 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 Gail, the other co-founder, has just done an Ironman. So you know wow. what? Don't ever say you can't be a runner. She can. <laughs> if you don't like running yeah. and you've got a dog, harness them up. I mean, I've, I've look in my work. It's just in fact, I've just come from a client just now who's got a rescued lab cross routine. Not sure what he is over from Turkey. Great dog actually, um, but quite reactive intermittently because they can't let him off. They can't trust him. He's getting really frustrated. So I said to them, you know, we can do all the management stuff, shutting down the reactivity in the house, all the leadership stuff, the confidence building. But what we can't do is progress him any further. We're always going to have an irritable, frustrated dog if we don't try and find an outlet yeah. for this innate natural energy. Like the dog would naturally expel by either, you know, wandering or hunting or scavenging as they would do normally in the wild. We shut them in boxes in our homes and expect them just to stop and put their feet up. Well, you can't do that if you're not providing an outlet. So no. she's off to buy her. Canny cross belt and and oh. get out. Now she's not a runner. He does a bit of cycling. Her husband. So I said, right, we can try a bike door. So I've given them some mm. information on that. I said, but, but she walks every morning. I said, just power walk. Yeah, put the, put the kit on. You don't need to run if you're not a runner. That's fine. No. Just let him pull you because yeah. that is a workout in itself. So that's where we're going to start. And he's probably not fit enough to to be running at, at speed anyway for any period of time. So we're going to start. That's perfect. that's perfect advice and that's the advice I always give people you know you certainly don't run before you can walk as the no. saying goes and you, do, you don't do that with canicross and what we tend to do is canny trek um to build up the canicross commands because it's part of their training they have to learn to be comfortable with the harness they have to learn the canicross commands so if you can get the canicross commands nailed whilst you're canny trekking at a slower pace yeah you, you, you're already set when you start to take up the pace and you start to jog because you will because inevitably you're going to get addicted to this feeling yeah. of yeah. working with your dog and um that's how it all starts for most people they get the kit they start to walk then they do a walk run yeah um, and before you know it you know you're running with your dog um, but the rescue side of things, we see so many rescue dogs because of this, because they can't be let off leave. They've got yeah. no recall. 
Um, and all I can say to that is the Canicross training really, really helped me with any recall. And like I said, the Canicross commands now are what I use in the woods when she's off lead. Yeah. Um, her recall is now good. So I, she's off lead for one to two hours a day. I even free run her now because because of the fact that I know when I say behind, she'll yeah. come behind me. Um, so, you know, uh, I've, this is four years in the making. This didn't happen overnight. <laughs> no. <laughs> so, but it's just so exciting to see when people say, I'm never going to be able to let my dog off the lead. I'm never going to be able to do this. I'm not a runner. And then you see them and they try yeah. it and they start to progress. And it's just the most amazing feeling. And yeah. I, I just say to everybody, try it, see see how it, because you can't do any, you, you can be walking with your dog hands-free, makes sense to me. Yeah, complete sense. Just um, just slightly going off, uh, off the uh, thought process a little bit, but I'm just kind of thinking, we talk a lot about the dogs and, and their kind of mental health and, and, you know, preventing reactivity, which is where Canning Cross is, is amazing. And obviously you don't have to have a reactive dog to do it. You know, yeah. Hogan is not reactive at all. In fact, actually, he learned, to Canny Cross at the Battersea uh, Muddy Dog Run. Oh, I, yes. I rocked up there with a slip lead, all booked in, ready to do it. And thought, <laughs> oh, I haven't really thought this through, have I? Literally no <laughs> kit, Lara, whatsoever. £70 later, there was only one stall there selling all the kit. Bought all the kit, still didn't know really what I was doing. I really haven't thought this because I just run with him off lead. Yeah. And then we stood on the start line and me being as competitive as I always am, like, well, I'm going up the front. We don't know what we're doing, <laughs> but we're going up the front. And obviously they went, the, the horn thing went and I was like, well, we'll just go. And bless him, <laughs> just started running. Well, that was it. We did all the obstacles. We flew oh. through. That's it. And so he learned his introduction to Canicross was a, quite a high energy event with loads of people, loads of noise. So mm-hmm. actually Canicross has made him quite reactive. When I get my kit out, he's literally bouncing off the walls. You can hear him in the next row shouting out. It's the only time you'll hear any noise out of Hogan. Oh. And then 100 yards in, he has to have the biggest poo ever. And then we're good then. He's all quiet. Hilarious. Anyway, I've gone off the beaten track. And I just, what I wanted to bring up was, obviously, you're seeing a lot of people. And I'm sure they come to you for different reasons, not just I see them for dog behaviour. But do you have people coming to you because of their own mental health issues? Because it, it is amazing for human mental health as well. Like, do you, have you helped people on their get fit journey? Obviously it's about them. So I'm assuming you probably get more people coming to see you about them. Do you rather than their dog? Yeah. I mean, that's, I would say that's probably one of the reasons why I see them in the first place. It's not necessarily, but I don't see an awful lot of reactive dogs to be honest um yeah. they they tend to be with behaviorists down here um yeah. because people do think that they can't run with their reactive dogs I've, I've actually got a really nice group we have we've gone through all sorts together it's it's i suppose it's a bit more counseling therapy session sometimes but it's the social side for, for them I, I mean i have people who have moved to the area that yeah. don't know the area very well want to be making friends um need to open their friendship groups you know otherwise they can quite isolate themselves um down here and yeah we well, generally it's my mental health too joe yeah no i get it <laughs> I, mean, I get it find, you know you know what it's like it's the endorphins it's the putting yourself out there challenging yourself to do something that you thought you couldn't do and invariably you just need um safe confident um space to do it in and that's i think that's where the canny cross groups come in because we're not going to we're not competitive when well I'm certainly not I'm more about people's enjoyment of the sport also encouraging in championing the beginner I'm all for that I mean nobody will come to my my class and feel like well I'm hoping they wouldn't um, feel like they can't join in because we we do the loop back system where nobody gets left behind. So if you're a slow runner or not even running yet, we will we'll keep you with our group. It's yeah. all about staying together. It's all about having a good time. It's all about keeping our endorphins high. And through the lockdown, even we were chatting to each other, setting each other challenges. I ran lots of challenges through the through the lockdown period just to make sure we were getting out. Yeah. Um, even though we weren't together, we were on a WhatsApp group showing each other our routes and trying to guess where someone had been. So it's important. It's really, really important for our mental health as well. And I, we're, we're seeing now, aren't we, more and more about fitness being such a big part. 
and just movement. It doesn't have to be running. Yeah. Uh, just movement. So canny trekking through lockdown. I know several of the London parks were asking people to put dogs back on leads. Um, so people, you know, that's when our canny cross kit was flying out because people were having to exercise themselves whilst exercising their dog and it made sense. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's the mental health side of things is incredible because you know the minute you start moving your endorphins release etc so yeah it's a huge part of why I see people too I think the other thing is uh, certainly for me I mean I I do have a couple of human run buddies but I'm with humans a lot and I like that time to myself but Mm. I think one of the big things is and I don't know I don't know about you how remote you go and I wouldn't say I run particularly remotely but I do a lot of running on the river and and in the woods and and I actually feel quite vulnerable but if I've got Hogs with me and he's attached uh, then you know wouldn't do anything well he would he would he's really scary actually no one approached me but (laughs) I I just having him attached just gives me that that sense of security and he's like he's my run buddy he's my best mate he's going at my pace if I slow down he slows down it's like the ultimate run buddy you can have you know his company whilst not pushing you too hard but pushing you enough to keep going so you know, I think there's so many elements to, to it that people might feel a bit daunted about initially that just end up being, you know, you just have this amazing relationship. I don't yeah. know if you saw, um, I think you did actually, that I took Moscow out, the the dog that we've done, the, the YouTube, yeah. he's going to be famous, he's our Moscow, the journey he's been on with <laughs> Rebecca. Um, but she's doing amazing now. You saw, you know, she's, he, she, so he was my border colleague, Ross, who, very reactive to everything and in our first session he was still very reactive to you know cyclists and joggers coming the opposite direction to begin with and Rebecca was just kind of hanging on to him uh let them pass and we carried on but it was really quite interesting that on the way back once we'd kind of done you know a good 20 minutes we'd been out together he did go past a few people and not even bat an eyelid like those Mm -hmm. endorphins were kicking he was he was settling down and you know, I think a dog who is inherently driven to have this huge amount of nervous, unbalanced energy and be reactive to see that almost switch off, not entirely, mm-hmm. but enough so that it wasn't evident to people walking past was, was just so amazing. Just- and, you know, the impact on Rebecca would have been massive because her walks are just stressful. Like, who's she going to yeah. bump into? So to be able to enjoy him and go out now on her own, I mean, that that. Uh, there'll be a lot of people that probably don't appreciate it's small step but that's massive like for the, the dog that he was to now be out running attached to his owner not biting her anymore and just out having a good time is just yeah. like that's that's all you need for me to, to tell me that it's an amazing thing to do and, um, and because they see it as work don't they they very yeah. much until he does it's her job that's what yeah. she does when i put a, i only use her canny cross harness for that purpose i never do it use it for anything else no so she knows she's got the job to do so she knows exactly what she's got to do and mm-hmm. for her that puts her in a safe place doesn't it so uh, really. I see it with Moscow too it's it's definitely it works so well for their brain activity um so yeah it's it's a perfect solution for dogs like that but you have to be careful you have to do it sensibly but it sounds like it's working just as well for Moscow as it did for Tills. So. Yeah, it really did. I mean, we we started, we were very careful. So he walks on a, a Gen Con training lead because he is extremely reactive when the stimulation is high, which, you know, a busy summer's night on the river, it obviously was mm-hmm. where I met her. You know, I pushed all his buttons. So we had the head collar safely attached while he settled into the the, the process of, you know, moving. Um, but then, you know, we were able to get it off and calm it down and get him you know, pretty much being what looked like a normal dog, which, mm-hmm. you know, is, is it's all very well for people to say, we'll just train your dog, it's absolutely fine. But some of these dogs that are really finely tuned or, you know, bred to work or where it has gone wrong, that's just not that simple to just train them. It doesn't work. You need to bring other things to the table, which it absolutely did. There is a big world on social media of, of Candy Cross people. I, I look at the terrain and, and I'm very jealous of you because I know your terrain is amazing. The places that that you can go with your dog. I mean, I've watched people in, in Canada and one minute they're in massive gorges and the next minute they're in ice and snow. And there's, there's people that literally have access to all sorts of, you know, weird and wonderful bits of the, the world. Mine's pretty samey, rivers, woods and some road. So I guess from Hogan's perspective, is pads cope with you know the the terrain that we're on there's a lot of soft stuff usually a lot of mud but 
is there anything you kind of watch out for on a with regards to dogs paw wise you know them getting injured do you recommend people use boots for any kind of real rocky terrain and stuff i know that many people in um america tend well certain parts of america in the rocky sort of mountainous areas do use boots um and i can understand why personally i mean i do a fair amount well i do all the trails the coast path trails here um, I don't feel the need to use them, but I do use a protective barrier on her paws when she comes home. And also if it's cold, for example, I use Musha's Secret, it's called. Um, and it's a non-greasy protective barrier for her paws. So, for example, if we have a lot of, um, we don't get much snow here, but when we do, and they've salted the roads and things like that, I always coat her paws with Musha's Secret if it's safe for me to go out. I will do that and I use it for her for, because she does get an awful lot of sort of cracked paws sometimes in when it's quite dry and yeah. when we're on the dry trails that tends to be the worst time for her when we're nice and mostly muddy boggy areas um, which is very usual for us she, her, her paws are absolutely fine she's pretty hardy though to be honest that that's about it they really don't need much else in terms of that but obviously in terms of nutrition and, and I make sure that she's not eating prior to to running obviously yeah. um, I leave her about two hours prior to any sort of uh, event if you like so if we're going to be racing for example I won't feed her until we're after the event if it's a morning event She'll have her food afterwards because um, it's just too high intense for her to have anything in her stomach whilst yeah. we're racing. But no, no real technical kit other than our three basic elements, the waist belt for the human, the bungee line and the canny cross harness for the dog. And what regarding kind of what's the longest distance you've done, Laura, with her? Um, she's gone to 20 miles with me before. Um, she could happily do a marathon at, and she could do further, to be honest. I did my ultra with her. She did 16 miles of my ultra with me, which was so nice because it helped me mentally to get through it. But she was she's more than capable of doing far more than that. And a lady that I know on social media who runs the Run Ultra um, social media, her dog, Matt, um, just did an ultra with her last weekend. The, the dogs can do it. You've obviously got to train them up for that. You can't yeah. just run, run marathons with your dog. Um, you, you definitely build them up as you would yourself. You train yeah. your body. You need to train their body. You need to start thinking about hydration and what that looks like when you're out. Yeah. Um, so I, I've trained Tilly to take from a soft blast. So I've got my soft blast in my backpack and she, I squirt it and she takes it. Yeah. Um, and then I hydrate her with goat's milk afterwards um, mixed with water because that really hydrates her but so you do have to think about things like that I don't actually give her food whilst we're out running at all she doesn't need that and not many dogs do to be honest Um, you know they can go for long periods of time but you just need to make sure that you're then giving them their their extra food once they're home and rested and their heart rate's down and they're you know they're fully calm again so there's elements to think about, but they they really don't need as much as we do. I've unpacked all my food in my backpack and, and she's basically just taking water on. Yeah, and this is the thing. So, as you know, I'm about to do well, an event that was, um, it's actually, thank goodness, shorter than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> God, when I first saw the distance, I was like, this can't be right. So it's 22, what did I say? 22 so miles. Yeah. Um, so it's not quite an ultra, but that that's far enough and it's going to be South mm-hmm. Wales. And I think the motivation for that is totally that I've got him with me and I've just yeah. bought my BV tent thing. That was a bit of a shock. So when I looked at the kit list and it said, um, you need to have a foil wrap, but probably better to have a BV tent. Is it a BV tent? Yeah, because it said underneath on the on the instructions. And um, we only had one emergency the last time we ran this event. And it was great because the person was absolutely fine wrapped up in their BV tent. I'm like, oh, my God, <laughs> this sounds horrendous. And I'll be stuck on the side of a mountain in my orange tin waiting to be rescued. Let's hope that doesn't happen. But, you know, whilst I'm busy buying all this kit for me to carry in my backpack, what do I need for my dog? Like, what what if something happens to him? What if we we get caught out of a storm and he's wet? I mean, he's a dog, isn't he? I don't need to worry about him with his three layers of coat. Um, His paws, like I say, I was a little bit concerned about because I think the terrain's going to be interesting. But I'm sure, again, he'll be fine. 
hydration wise, we obviously take water and electrolytes. I love yeah. my high five stuff. And then he'll have the same as you, probably my, you know, my soft thing that you will drink out of. But there's nothing on an electrolyte level we need to be giving them. No, right? They don't, they don't no. kind of need that sorts and stuff like we do. No, no, they don't really. There are bars out there and I, I do um, take a few things and I've tried a few bars with her. But to be honest with Tilly, because she's so focused on the job in hand, she's almost like, don't you even try and be <laughs> Because we've got a job to do. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Can we get and, on with it? <laughs> yeah, she just needs the water. And she's like, come on then, back onto it. You know, if I stop to take a photograph or have something to eat myself, she looks at me as if to say, oh, really? She doesn't allow me many breaks, to be honest. Um, and obviously, on, on something like the terrain that we've got down here in Cornwall, we walk some of the hills. We, you know, so we're not, we're not painting it round. We, no. We're having quite a nice time. Yeah, they're, they're so good, aren't they? Adapting to Absolutely. what they need to do. Um, and I just feed her a little bit extra. She gets an egg on her food when she gets back from a nice long run. So, But they don't need much more. No. So if someone's got their young dog, because I know there's limits to this, and I think is it, do you start training them after a year? Or is it 18 months or are you breed dependent um, as to when you start them? Yeah, from a year old, we tend to say um, you can definitely start the canny trekking side of things. Most dogs from 12 months old will be fine. But the larger breeds, I tend to wait to nearer 18 months to actually run in harness. But from 12 months onwards, you can start introducing the commands. So you can be training in harness, you can be um, canny trekking in harness, getting them used to their canny cross commands. So by the time that you're ready to pick the pace up, you then have a dog that knows exactly what they're doing. You can do a left command, a right command, and they know exactly what's happening. So I find that even if you've got to wait those few months extra for larger breeds, which I would suggest you do, Mm -hmm. um, and also go get your vet, obviously, to check. They know your dog and your your dog anatomy. I would say use that time to then start working on any canicross commands and just getting them used to conditioning in harness and, and being able to pull in harness. Not every dog will naturally want to pull initially. So you might be wanting to run someone out front and you're just following behind. So there's lots you can do to sort of set yourself up ready, um, yeah. it, you know, for, a, for young, and certainly no younger than 12 months, their joints aren't mature enough. So I was, that was quite an interesting thing, actually. So I'm obviously quite hot on, I used to do a lot of rehabbing of, of dogs for, that were agility dogs and flyable dogs and stuff. So a kind of confirmation anatomical stuff is, is something I was a little bit concerned about, given obviously dogs mostly throw their weight forward. So what I was looking at when I started running hopes and, and obviously building him up really gradually is what was happening to his back end. And it was completely the opposite to what I thought would happen. So what I was really worried about is he would be all front end, so all chest, and actually probably stay quite lean on the back. Most of their power goes through the front. And actually, I was really encouraged to see that I think the fact that I'm attached at the back mm. was almost getting him to engage his back end. Yeah. So he, he actually ended up with the complete opposite to what I thought, which was this real overall you know musculature like this massive improvement in his muscle structure throughout like he was obviously working his core he's got this these great thighs on him I mean to the point where I looked at him a couple of times I thought are you fat because he just is so solid now um and actually so that got me really thinking about dogs um with pre-existing conditions and whether on a lower level or bearing in mind it's all weight bearing and obviously anything I'm saying needs to be checked with with the vet and you know as every each dog is taken on its own merit and its individual case but thinking from a rehab perspective you know not necessarily flying along like we would with canicross but just attaching the human for short periods of time and getting the dog to very slowly and carefully engage that back end clearly really helps build back end structure and, and in dogs that don't easily build that, so lots of German Shepherds have big issues with hip and elbow dysplasia and they don't use their back end, they throw all their weight forwards. Um, it was almost what I was doing in the pool when I was working them was basically shutting the front end off and getting them to engage the back end in the pool. So I'd hold them at the front so their back legs yeah. would have to work. Obviously, that's all non-weight bearing, so it's slightly different. So I'm going a little bit clinical here, but I think it's certainly food for thought for people that are 
thinking about not necessarily dogs that are lame I don't want to be talking about those right now but but certainly dogs that might seem not you know like they throw their weight forwards or they're not particularly good using their back end or they're quite lazy with their back end actually getting them to just think about engaging in a walk makes Mm -hmm. a huge difference have you seen that with Tilly have you have you seen her bottom build up (laughs) yeah I was just about to say when I first started this with her and she was she was skin and bone actually and like I said she had no muscle tone whatsoever when she first arrived and I just almost instantly felt like it was instantly but saw her the back end muscles just sort of appear and it was what I still I still touch them now and I go my god if I did have muscles like that (laughs) an amazing structure now she does look beautiful and even a friend said today she said she's looking amazing and this is our off season we we haven't canny cross majorly through the summer it's been too hot so she's already in a good place but yeah definitely the back end the one thing where I notice Hogan really struggle is Pete and and it is something that actually I want to make sure we really hammer home because mm-hmm. I can be in leggings and you know a, a sort of semi long sleeve t-shirt and all my kit and everything and be okay and he's like on fire I mean he's checking in because he just wants to jump in the nearest puddle or, or whatever's about yeah. so and the more muscle they've got more muscle tissue that's there the hotter they get because that muscle tissue is so is so efficient so being mindful and again uh, Tilly's much leaner than Hogan and and much finer coated so might take her a bit longer but I mean a a heavier thick set working lab is going to overheat really quickly and and obviously the heavier coated breeds as well so what do you do I mean obviously you know I know him really well I know his cues we don't he never overheat because he either doesn't come at all or if he does come, we're we're either completely in wooded areas with water, access to water, or we're along the river and he gets chucked in. But obviously you're working with people and, you know, you've got older dogs that, that maybe yeah. don't self-regulate very well. You've got maybe very young dogs that are, you know, not used to doing this stuff. So watching their temperature, I mean, you can't keep putting thermometers up their bottom. So what do you kind of have as a remit for people to look out for? Well, first of all, most of my runs, I do make sure we have water stops, regardless of what time of year it is. I stop all my classes in May or June, depending on the weather, and I won't run now till September. We don't, I haven't run any classes through the summer. I, I won't do it because it's it's too tricky to try and manage everybody's yeah. expectation and everybody's temperature and the dogs are so different. Yeah. I mean, Tilly, Tilly can endure a bit more, but I've got a lot of heavy-coated dogs in the pack, and I, I just won't do it. So, okay. but making sure we've got water sources um almost every single run i do i make sure there's a water source and literally just to be honest we're not going fast um so we always make sure we're stopping giving drinks i've always got drinks on me anyway um making sure that all the everybody's fine the humans are fine too because obviously <laughs> we need everybody to be happy too yeah. so um we tend to just we have we have a lot of photographic opportunities is what I call them so we stop and we take lots of photos and we have lots of breaks and and what I've been doing through the summer with my crew are actually doing solo runs without the dogs so I'm training the humans to yeah be ready in September yeah <laughs> yeah well like, it's, it's important because they're they're oh, I know with home as you know I have done one run with him attached for a period of time now um I think you know it changes your run style when you run with dog and because mm-hmm. I've just gone from I mean, yeah, true Joe style, doing nothing since February. So let's go run 50K every week <laughs> till we drop down dead. So the chances of getting injured for me are quite high. So I'm not attaching him, but he will check in and be quite comfortable at 15K. Like, whereas I'm like still kind of getting there. I think it kind of doesn't matter if they miss the summer, but it does matter if you, I mean, running's horrible. If you miss two or three weeks, you have to start again. It's yeah. just rotten. Whereas, the dogs don't have that at all. So humans no, um, be the weakest link sometimes. Yeah. And so through the summer we have been doing training every week with the ladies too. We've been doing interval training. So I've kept them as fit as I can so that we can <laughs> come September when the dogs are flying because they haven't run in harness for so long. We're just gonna be flying through the trails. <laughs> <laughs> so just to just talk to me a little bit about dog fit, because I guess um let's go canny cross is obviously anyone in North Cornwall go see Lara because she's awesome yes, and you'll have a great time and um, but you, the reason you and I can't get together is because we're miles away so dog yeah. fit is kind of a nice universal 
pit stop online for people to go to to get all their really great info on Candy Cross, get all the kit, yeah. see what they need, ask questions. And yeah. also, so as I understand it, you have a bank of registered and recognized trainers who've been trained by you to train their people, their humans and their dogs in a particular safe away and then run safe bespoke classes so pretty much you probably you've got quite a lot now haven't you so you cover a lot of the country now we do yeah we've got nearly 40 dog fit trainers in this country and then we've got I think we've got about seven internationally now we've got Brazil Singapore all sorts so yeah and, and they're either fitness experts or dog experts in their field already and then they take on the canny cross aspect into their businesses and help people all over the country either introducing them to the sport introducing them to the kit getting them out on social runs with other groups of people and you know whether they stay with that group or whatever it doesn't matter it's all about inclusivity it's all about championing beginners to make sure that um, no dog is a no-no and no human can't run basically it's a really safe comfortable controlled environment for we we have a lot of rescue reactive dogs that run with a lot of our trainers we've got dog trainers who are work with reactive dogs who then have gone into canny cross training and are seeing massively great results through that as you as you do too yeah so yeah we, we are like a directory if you like places but also the website, we do have a podcast too, where we um, discuss lots of different elements of Canny Cross. We have a bank of blogs, um, my stories. They're so inspirational that, you know, you can hear stories about how someone's gone from non-runner to half marathon, even yeah. mental health, anxiety, midlife. There's so many stories that people have got on there about how Canny Cross has helped them and their dog. It, it is a sort of one-stop shop, if you like. We've got the kit on there. We've got the information. We've got the trainers. And we've got online coaching as well. So we pretty much cover most of the most of the things you could ever want from yeah. a planning cross starting point. And you've got the events too. So we've not, yeah. really, we've not really mentioned them. We've got the kind of go off and do your, your long distance runs and stuff. But there are really cool races, aren't there, where you can be yeah. competitive or you can plod around everything from kind of 5k up to big ultras and stuff and you know 10ks are quite popular there's a lot of the forests the big forests in the uk will there's there's canny cross events run so you tend to um list those as well don't you to so that people know what runs are canny cross friendly and stuff yeah we've got an event directory on our free event directory you can access that so if any event organizers um are listening please let us know of any Canny Cross events because we, we're seeing so many coming on board now and it's great to see. So let yeah. us know if we can add that. We've yeah. also got our own virtual events. So you can get your own dog fit medal and your dog gets a rosette for yeah. entering the virtual challenges that we run every month. And we put 20% of that to charity. Um, so, yeah, I mean, my, I've got a collection of medals coming now because I've been doing it ever since we went to lockdown, doing virtual mm-hmm. events. And yeah. I can't stop now because I want the whole rosette pack. So, um, <laughs> and they're all different colours. So I'm now, I'll have to show you, Joe. once I've finished the year, I'll, I'll put it up on social media. See all my rosettes. And well, I think, that, I think our, our last Zoom call, I think I saw your boasting board in the background. Did I? Was yeah. that? Was they, <laughs> it's all yeah. your rosettes and your middle setup. Yeah, my rosettes. They're Tilly's rosettes, really, aren't they? That's for her. She gets the rosette and I get the medals. Listen, it's been amazing, Laura. Thank you so much for your time. Uh, oh, pleasure. This evening. Um, I really hope, I mean, it just, the sport is just such an amazing platform to, you can be competitive if you want to be competitive. If you just, you know, want to go from the couch to actually getting on your feet, you can do that. I just find it absolutely refreshing. And, and for me to still be doing really fun, no pressure stuff with my dog, you know, with nobody judging me as to how well trained he is or what he's doing is just, um, amazing I can do it by myself I can do it with my friends and you know hopefully this little podcast is going to give a lot of people some some motivation to consider it um they can go to dogfit.co.uk for their info or they can come to you um yeah. Lara if people want to ask you questions are you cool with that and if so what platform should they use yeah um I'm tend to be on Instagram a fair amount so I'm let's go canny cross on Instagram and feel free to DM me I have a website let's go canny cross.co.uk 
um, you can message me there as well. But I hang around on Instagram an awful lot. <laughs> it's a good place to meet people. I know that. It's where we forged our friendship. That's so we, yeah. we are going to get to meet in person very, very soon. Fantastic. <laughs> I'm looking forward to that. Thanks again, Lara. I'll, um, I'll catch up with you very, very soon. Thanks for all your info. Thank you to all the listeners for today. If you like what you've listened to and you want to hear some more, if you can subscribe to the podcast, that would be amazing. And we will be back with you very soon with some new guests to chat through some different topics.